1: Thank you, Scott, and welcome, everyone. I'm Suzanne Downing, and our co-host, John Quick, is on the other mic. Scott Levesque, our producer, is on the soundboard. This is the Must Read Alaska show, a place for conservatives to exchange ideas about Alaska politics and take a look, take a look at the trends, and sometimes we like to talk about other, other stuff right now. It's sort of Bigfoot sightings or maybe even Berkowitz sightings. But first, John, are you ready for the fall?
0: Suzanne Downing. I'm so ready for the fall. John Quick here. I'm excited to be on the Kenai Peninsula today. It's a little windy, but uh, it's a great day to talk Alaska politics, and I'm excited to have this show today. Uh, Thanks so much for listening in and tuning in, and uh, we hope you have a good show.
1: Yeah, well, actually, I was talking about, are you ready for the fall of civilization? Because that's what we're going through right now. But okay, we're good. You're ready for autumn. We'll take that. But it has been quite a week in the news. Oh my gosh, as I was closing up my computer on Friday, um, I just got word about the same time everybody else did about the Supreme Court justice losing, you know, the Supreme Court losing one of its key justices, the liberal Ginsburg. And then it was just, uh, you know, that changed everything. She was such a liberal and she voted against the conservatives every single time, almost every time. But uh, I will remember the one time that she voted uh, with the 9-0 court, she voted in favor of Alaska. And this was relating to the John Sturgeon case that he took against the Park Service with the Nation's River Access um, up in the Yukon Charlie Preserve. And this was all about whether or not Alaskans could have access to their rivers and we won at the Supreme Court. And, and that was the one time that I could say she voted in the correct way. But what are you hearing about her replacement?
0: Well that's a really good question you know I think that a lot of conservatives are thinking we hope that Donald Trump president Donald Trump who has been the relentless conservative sticks by his promises and nominates somebody to the Supreme Court justice and I think what we're hearing is that's that Donald Trump is going to nominate somebody that this week we'll probably find out he's got a what uh, what came out yesterday was he got a even shorter list of 5 people all mostly all females and that that are going to be hopefully per presented. He'll pick one and he'll present that to the Senate. And then you have, you know, you have this whole other point of view. And it's like the who can sling the most hypocrisy? Because for everybody who says that that Donald Trump should not nominate somebody, God forbid, because if he nominates somebody, he's going against every principle in America, and he's he's a dictator, and he does he doesn't even know how to read the Constitution. For every Democrat that said that. We got Joe Biden in 2016 on a commercial that says, well, it's the duty of the president, even though he's got five more months left, to nominate somebody for the Supreme Court justice. And you got every other Democrat along the aisle that says, when Obama did this, it was fine. But, you know, Donald Trump's doing it. So, you know, what the Democrats are going to do is they're going to riot and they're going to burn down cities again and they're going to, you know, have the Antifas go out there and. And tear apart people's businesses and there it's going to be complete and utter chaos if donald trump and when donald trump nominates somebody and the the democrats don't care they want it that way they want chaos they want the destruction of america they want the destruction of minority owner businesses and they want to place the blame on donald trump every single one of those people that is tearing down and burning buildings are Joe Biden supporters
1: oh yeah these we're, we're talking Joe Biden voters all the way well it's having a big impact on different races um, it's going to it already impacted the Susan Collins race in Maine she's come out saying she's not going to vote for a nominee Cory Gardner of Colorado Martha McSally of Arizona these are key seats that we are uh, at risk of losing the conservatives are at risk of losing and uh, so it's so some of these people are already in line with Lisa Bukowski saying that they will not vote on the nomination. So, But, but you know, it is basically his job as the president to go ahead constitutionally to nominate somebody. Then the Senate can do what the Senate wants to do. Now, Mitch McConnell, he has already said that, uh, that the Senate will vote on his nominee, but he didn't say when they would vote. So my guess is they probably aren't going to be able to get together a vote before the elections because it's happening so soon. And so at some point, they will have to vote on it. it. might be right after the election. And maybe it maybe the person will pass or maybe they won't. But what really annoys me is that we've sort of gotten down to this thing where Joe Biden has said he's going to nominate a Black woman to the Supreme Court. And that is just like, are we at that point now where we are full on quota? Just gonna do quotas. Every seat has has to be representative of some part of society. So uh, we've got we've got Donald Trump saying he's got uh, a series of women that he's looking at. And he's he's uh, thinking about Amy Barrett. He's thinking about the gal from the Cuban-American. His name escapes me. And and so he's got a number of women that he believes would be a good pick for that. I personally think he needs to pick a woman and he needs to choose the state that he needs to pick up the most. He needs to take a, a political look at this because this does have everything to do with the next election. Don't you?
0: I do. And I, I think just one more point on that is people in Alaska pay attention to what Senator Murkowski is going to do in this next month. I was actually in D.C. at the White House, actually in meetings with Donald Trump and his cabinet during the Kavanaugh confirmation process. And at Lisa Murkowski's office, there was literally hundreds of Planned Parenthood folks lined up outside of her office chanting nonstop, nonstop chanting, nonstop phone calls, she will be lobbied by the extreme left, by the extreme liberal left to not only not be able to vote on the confirmation, but, but to uh, disenvow and to disenfranchise and to do another Kavanaugh to anybody who Trump nominates. And, you know, voting president or whatever she did last time is basically just a cop out. And so, Alaskans, please pay attention to the difference of how Dan Sullivan and Lisa Murkowski handles this situation.
1: So I, I, I wanted to tell you that I was talking to Nick Begich on Friday night. As soon as this happened, I called him because I knew he was in D.C. Now, Nick Begich is the co-chair of the Don Young for Congress you know, campaign. And I knew he's in D.C. So I called him. I said, Nick, what are you hearing of the Supreme Court right at this minute? And I just found out. And so at that time, he was just walking around DC, nothing to do. It was Friday night. He, was just, he thought he'd walk down to the, the National Mall or maybe walk over to the White House and just take some pictures for his family of, of different sites at night. And there wasn't anybody at the Supreme Court when the announcement happened. He was like the only one. In fact, he sent me a picture right then. And, uh, had, and then he, he went on his walk. He came back about 15 minutes later later, and there were there were a lot of people starting to gather, and it, it started more and more and more, and there, it, it became a pretty big gathering. And then, um, la- then on Friday, no, Saturday night, he was there, and he walked over to see what was going on, and they had loudspeakers, and it was La Raza. They were all shouting about equal rights and social justice and chanting fight, 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 and he said there's about a thousand people there. So I think you're right. I mean, I, I could see some some civil unrest ahead. The Democrats in Congress have already said that there's nothing off the table, that they will do anything that they have to do to block a nomination. And so this is, um, this is a little bit of chaos that we're heading into in the last uh, six weeks of the election. It's not gonna be pretty, but I'm wondering about this. Answer me this. Did Lisa Murkowski just hurt Dan Sullivan's chances for reelection by saying she's not going to vote for the nominee?
0: You know, I think it's it's unfortunate timing because Lisa Murkowski just did a, an endorsement for Dan Sullivan and did a, did a video, and folks that are in the Dan Sullivan camp who follow his every move have seen the video, and it's gotten mixed reviews. I think that a lot of the hardcore Dan Sullivan followers and supporters have stuck up for Dan, Senator Sullivan and said, hey, listen, this is just Lisa Murkowski. Anybody can endorse anybody. But I think that because of Lisa Murkowski, Senator Murkowski's extreme left stance on anything that Trump does, unfortunately, I think this hurts Dan Sullivan with some of those fringe voters who may have just become sick and tired of the same old stuff that Senator Murkowski throws out there. And listen, Senator Murkowski is a nice person. I've, I've had many interactions with her. She's just not a Republican on certain issues, she's not a conservative on certain issues. And I think it'd be do her a service if she just came out and stated those, as opposed to trying to toe the line and pissing off both sides of the fence.
1: Mm, interesting. So, did you see the the little Trump tweet this weekend um, where he tweeted out? Uh, so there was a, something from the Alaska. Chamber, the Alaska Chamber of Commerce, and they're having their fall forum, and Lisa Murkowski is going to be one of the speakers on their fall forum. So they put a little post up on Twitter saying, "Lisa Murkowski is going to be our our, our speaker, so reserve your spot." And actually, Trump tweeted back to them, "No thanks." Which was <laughs> like, okay, that's probably the that's probably the most any chamber of commerce has ever gotten from Donald Trump. I mean, that's a that's pretty pretty great to to be tweeted back even even on something like that.
0: Yeah, I think that whoever runs against Senator Murkowski in 2022, (laughs) when her election is up, that they are going to be faced, I think Donald Trump's going to win his election. I think that they're going to be faced with a president who has going to campaign very hardcore against anybody that the Republicans throw up as a second choice against Lisa Murkowski. And don't underestimate Donald Trump if you're out there. He is the genius marketer. And he is an extremely uh, genius business guy. He knows how to win elections when everybody else thought he wasn't gonna win. And he is going to come into Murkowski's race. And uh, I think with his help, he'll flip it to whoever the heck's running against her.
1: Yeah, interesting. You know, I'll never forget that Lisa voted present for the Kavanaugh um, nomination. And she didn't vote yes, she didn't vote no, she voted present. She did vote for, for the Gorsuch nomination. But when it came to Kavanaugh, she wouldn't take a stand. And now she's saying she's not going to take a vote either. Not, not not now anyway. But it's very interesting because a lot of Americans are saying that this is a huge issue for them. They held their nose and voted for Donald Trump first time around because of the Supreme Court and only because of the Supreme Court. And at this point, I think a lot of them would rather take a, a Supreme Court position than even you know, are worried about whether or not we retain the Senate they, because the Supreme Court is the holy grail.
0: Yep. It's a lifetime appointment.
1: It is. Anyway, I just want to I want to tell you. You know, I just kind of want my own dying wish. Uh, everybody's talking about uh, about Justice Ginsburg's dying wish was to not have herself replaced until a new president is quote installed, which is really odd because I don't think we install presidents; we elect them. But that aside, she she's got her she's got her dying wish with Kamala Harris, who says that we we ought to be honoring justice ginsburg's dying wish which brings up a question you know really what has ginsburg been doing for the past four years anyway she's been very very sick for a long long time and i'm sorry but you cannot tell me that she's been clocking out the office every day she's got a whole bunch of, of clerks and assistants that are doing her work for her and probably you know giving her information at her house and coming home coming to her her house to talk to her and have meetings but that woman has been extremely frail for a long time. And I kind of don't think she's shown up for much except for photo ops.
0: You know, one of my, uh, I would agree with you. And one of my favorite interviews of Ginsburg uh, is Katie Couric interviewing Ginsburg, maybe three, four or five years ago. And Katie Couric asked Ginsburg, what are your thoughts on the athletes that are uh, kneeling during the national anthem? And, uh, she says Ginsburg says those people are stupid.
1: Yeah, dumb.
0: They're, I mean, they're dumb people. You shouldn't arrest them. You shouldn't, you know, put them in jail. But their ignorance and their stupidity is absurd. And literally, she went off for two minutes about their ignorance and their stupidity and the disrespect and how she thought it was a really, really poor decision. And I would say most liberals would have not have guessed that that would probably be her stance on that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Hey, I was uh, switching topics a little bit. I don't know if you saw the over the weekend that Trump had a huge rally in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and there were a lot of people there and they were all wearing masks across their faces that said uh, MAGA and Trump and stuff like that. But they were all shouting, fill that seat, fill that seat. And meanwhile, Joe Biden was over in Duluth, Minnesota, and he, he went into like the Carpenters Hall. There wasn't anybody there. And you, you know how my mic is a little bit echoey because I'm on the road. His mic was so echoey because he was in this Carpenter Hall. And there were like 16 people there, and most of them were the technicians. And then they only let in one pool reporter. So the the pool reporter is supposed to report back to all the rest of the reporters, which, of course, really irritated all of the, the reporters in, in Minnesota. And they were just saying, why even bother? Why even bother? And his, his speech was just horrible. So what you've got is you've got you've got the president bringing out huge crowds and you've got Joe Biden still barely coming out of his basement. And then on the weekend, he canceled all of his Monday events. So the weekend exhausted him so badly that he, they did what they call taking a lid day. And that's just something they use with Joe Biden where, I don't know, maybe he smoked a lid, I don't know. But they call it, calling a lid on the day. So they, they canceled all of his events for Monday. And I think it's because he's just so exhausted. Let me tell you, he has had four lid days this month, September 1, September 1, September 8th, September 12th, because, you know, he, after all, he'd gone to New York City for photo ops on 9-11, and then September 19th. And so basically, he's just exhausted, has to go back to his basement. I mean, I think that they've been lying about his health, and everything that is coming out of him, he just seems to be, he seems to be daughtery.
0: Yeah, my favorite quote of Joe Biden this last week you know, it's a, such a stark contrast. President Donald Trump will have literally thousands and thousands of people at his events. The line out the door will be a thousand people. Everything will be, everybody's peaceful, no fights. Joe Biden has seven people in some gym in you know, uh, random cities in Michigan. And his last speech, he said that by the time I finished this sentence, over 200 million people will have died of COVID.
1: Oh, man, that's one. I'm sure that he wishes he could put that one right back in the jar. That just doesn't really sad. He said that a couple different times and he keeps he keeps having these gaps. And this was the latest one. You'd think that he would coach him and said, you can't do that anymore. But then he did it again. I just stuck in his brain. Hey, let's switch topics for just a second. I want to talk about this uh, court uh, decision on Friday from the Alaska Supreme Court where Elise Galvin, who's running for Congress, just got completely shut down by the Supreme Court who said, no, you you ran as the Democratic nominee, and by golly, you're gonna be on the ballot as the Democratic nominee if that's what the state division of elections says you are. And so she has been trying to game people for months now, and she, she ran as uh, in their primary, she wants everybody to believe she's an independent, she wants to have an N by her name, to, to, for, as if anybody even knows what that is. Most voters aren't gonna know what that is. Um, But she wants that end by her name to to make people think that she is nonpartisan. But did you see that letter that went out to Alaskans this week from Elise Galvin? Did you happen to see that?
0: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I think that the average uh, fake independent in Alaska that's running today, Dr. Gross, Elise Galvin, they think we're a bunch of idiots, conservatives. And they literally think, oh, we're going to pull one over on these people. They just live out in the woods and they, you know, they just hunt and fish. And, you know, they don't really know what they, they don't know what the internets are and they don't even know what Facebook is. And so they think we're a bunch of idiots. And, you know, usually the, the courts are pretty liberal. And so I think it's hilarious that the courts sided with what would I would say would be a conservative stance. And as the courts are saying, you will have to do what you ran as, which is a Democrat. And so this new mailer that came out. Is just speaks to the volume of how much these people think that that the average Alaskan is just a pile of beans. And so it says independent, you know, all all over the, the, the mailer and how she's the best independent in the world and the best thing since, you know, free money and all this kind of crazy stuff. And at the very bottom, it says, you know, sponsored by the Democratic Party. And it's just, I mean, it's, I hope that these fake independents learn their lesson this year and just run as Democrats because we're sick and tired of you saying your one thing and then trying to be something different. And then when it doesn't go out your way, you sit, you go on Facebook live and cry and we're yeah, just yeah. kind of done with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the letter was all, you know, government's supposed to work for us and uh, not the big money. And and we just have to ordinary Alaska left out and I'm your, I'm your nonpartisan. And then at the bottom paid for by the Alaska democratic party. And it just, uh, you know, so many people saw that and were actually offended by it and sent it to me that I just thought really s- struck me that she just doesn't seem to understand that Alaskans just are not that ignorant. And they don't pay attention to elections a lot of the time, but they're just not that ignorant about this stuff. So uh, we'll see. She's going to be on the ballot, and the ballot's already been in the mail. In fact, one person told me today that they have already received their, received their absentee ballot at their house. Now, I was told that the Division of Elections was gonna mail out the first bunch of absentee ballots on the 28th, but evidently they've already got some in the mail. They've already got them overseas and they've got them to remote areas in Alaska, the places that are really off the, off the road system. Those are the places where people live in cabins way, way off the grid and they only come into town once in a while. So they can come into town in September, pick up their ballot and they may not be back until October, November or, or, or even later. They may not be back to town because they only go to town once every couple months. And so those ballots went out last week. And that was a, a, that was what the Division of Elections was waiting for, that decision from the court. It's really kind of surprising because this is a very liberal court. And even they couldn't stomach this kind of phony baloney stuff. So let's, let's talk about something else. Um, let's do it. Did what you, you see that, did, did you see that uh, bizarre video that, that I posted up there on YouTube of of the um, dance protest going on outside while the Anchorage Assembly was meeting inside and just um, listening to all these people tell, tell the Assembly members how absolutely insane they are in the direction that they're taking our city. Have you seen that?
0: I have. And you know, it's hilarious. It's like footloose, you know, where in the heck did we as Alaskans ever think that dancing would have been banned and it's in the emergency order. No live music and no inside or outside dancing. And uh, you know, I think that the the folks on the Anchorage Assembly, they just went too far with their liberal ideas because, you know, they could have kind of played along and went along to get along and and listened to conservatives and heard their input and, and kind of met in the middle, but they decided to go full on liberal and tell counselors that they couldn't counsel people and you know, uh, tell people that they couldn't dance and close down businesses for months and months and months and cause businesses to go bankrupt and not really care about what the public said and, and refuse to let public into public meetings. And these people are all gonna be voted out uh, is my guess. And, and uh, I hope it's a lesson for them because you cannot pretend to sit on your virtue signal uh, podium and talk down to every conservative Christian uh, in Anchorage and then pretend like you're gonna be voted back into office.
1: Right, right, so so everybody, if you haven't seen that, go on to go on to the Mustry Alaska YouTube channel. It is really pretty acute. Uh, We've got a guy who does some great video memes and It's really worth your while, it's only a few minutes, but you can listen to people testifying about how much the uh, actions of the Anchorage Assembly and this mayor have ruined their lives and ruined our town. And then outside, there is an amazing dance protest going on, and they're doing the boots and boogie, and they're doing footloose, and they're doing a bunch of other Macarena, and a bunch of dances that are, are really fun line dances. And I think they even did a uh, they did the cha cha. They had a good time. So they were just trying to stick it to the mayor a little bit and, and point out how ridiculous this is. But you know, Mayor Berkowitz has gone a step further, and he has actually declared this group that popped up a few weeks ago called um, Save Anchorage. He has declared that that's just an astroturf group and that it's not real grassroots, that there's some big political organization behind it paying for it. Now, this is a group on Facebook that has like 9,000 followers in their group. And it started out sort of with nothing. And they've they've grown it very quickly. I would say over the last two months, they went from zero to to 9,000. And Um, I tell you, they are a very active group. They've been down there protesting at the Lusak library where where the assembly meets several times and they get their signs out and they make a big ruckus. um, But the mayor went on record with Alaska public public media saying that it's an astroturf group, which means it's fake grassroots. It's not real. And I think that they'll be surprised to hear that. I, I don't think they think it's not real but that was kind of a fascinating little story and it gave uh, Forrest Dunbar a chance to take a swat at Must Read Alaska for drumming up all the all the unhappiness uh, with the assembly. And I, I gotta say, if, if we did, then good for us.
0: Yeah, you know, these people are just so out of touch with reality. They live in their own little bubble where they're their own mini gods and nothing that any conservative will ever change their mind, unfortunately, until we vote these folks out of office.
1: Actually, there's a, a, a movement afoot to... Uh, to get Meg Zalatel recalled. She's the first that is, is up for recall. That was denied by the city clerk and the city attorney. But the guy who started that, he after he got the signatures and then he s- submitted them. He went on a rafting trip on the Colorado River and then he got, he came back and he's got his lawyer ready to go. Now his lawyer's gone hunting so actually it'll be a little bit of a delay but when the lawyer gets back they're going to go ahead and, and keep on working on, on the Meg Zalitel recall. They're going to take it to court if they have to and then um, the group that has a petition to stop the city from buying the four properties, the two hotels, the Alaska Club. Property and the Beans Cafe to create this big network of uh, services for vagrants. They were also denied their petition to take that to the ballot in April. And so they are actually gonna go to court and try to get an injunction as well and and litigate this because the city is trying everything it can to stop the people from having their say.
0: And they love spending money on stuff that is probably going to turn out to be illegal. And, you know, they've given less COVID money out to actual businesses than like Kenai Peninsula borough, which has 50,000 residents. And the mayor, the borough mayor here has given out way more money than the mayor of Anchorage. And that's just absurd. The The mayor of Anchorage needs to be helping businesses, not hurting them. And when he goes and buys his fancy dancy hotels from his friends for millions and millions of dollars, It's a plain Jane person like myself would look at and say, that's money laundering. You're taking money from the police pension fund or whatever it is, something like that. And then you're just putting the COVID money back in there and calling it good. And, you know, the average person in Anchorage needs to get involved and to show up and file complaints, you know, file, file as many complaints as you want, because they're not going to listen to you, but the agencies that supervise them may.
1: So uh, b- before we close up, I just heard, and this is something I haven't written about yet, but the uh, Performing Arts Center in Anchorage got put out to bid for catering, and Crush Restaurant won it. Now, Crush Restaurant oh, is not, yeah, Crush is Seriously. not owned by the mayor, but it's owned by one of his business partners. His business partner in, in his other restaurants, he's got three other restaurants that he co-owns with his wife and some other lawyer partners. And this this other woman, she's a partner in Crush. So Crush got the contract with the P- Performing Arts Center, and she is apparently subcontracting out a lot of the catering work to Spinard Roadhouse, oh, gosh. South Restaurant, and Snow City. So he, you know, it's such a conflict of interest. He's making sure his own businesses do fine. Well, a lot of other businesses in town are not doing fine at all and closing up.
0: And no, no paper will report on this that's uh, you know that's that's a printable paper uh, Anchorage daily news and, and the list goes on. Uh, if Dunleavy did this, he would be on the front page of the news for seven years as the worst person in the world. If Berkowitz does this, he gets patted on the back and says i'm so sorry that the Save Anchorage Facebook group is mean to you. If that hurt your feelings here 's a hug for your virtueness and you. they The hypocrisy is just absurd with the left.
1: Well, that's about it for today's show. I want to thank you, John, for your great work at Must Read Alaska. And thank you, Scott Levesque, for producing this show and for being a really big part of the the Must Read Alaska creative team. And if you're a supporter of Must Read Alaska, thank you so much. It makes all of this possible to stand up for what's right in Alaska. And if you'd like to support the conservative side of the news, donate button is on the right side of mustreadalaska.com. Of course, it's on the right side. And your support allows this project to stay strong and independent against the big tide of big media's liberal spin. So until next week, we're signing off from somewhere in Alaska. Take it away, Scott.